0: Welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> super intelligent, hardworking, <laughs> WandaVision loving and wife and co-host, <laughs> Michelle. Hi, everybody. Hi, sweetie. Thank you. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, March 7th, 2021, Can you believe that a year ago yesterday, we set sail on that westbound Panama Canal Disney cruise, and we were getting on board, ready to have a great time, which we did have on that cruise, but just totally oblivious to how much the world would change while we were on board and over the next year after
1: that. Right. Um, When I reflect on it, it's just hard to imagine how life-changing one simple trip became for us and how uh, it, I really don't know how to describe it I I, th- I think we did a great job when we did a longer episode about that but yeah it just reflecting on it it's just crazy that a year ago things seemed really normal and in a short time the world changed right
0: it was, it was interesting because the stuff popped up on my uh, Facebook you know memories mm-hmm. right you know it's like oh yeah this was the date we boarded And we're part still of this group of people that it's a Facebook group that Mm -hmm. were people that were aboard that ship and they were posting all their memories of it and their pictures from their first day and everything. And it was really surreal to think about and, you know, and how oblivious we all were to what was going to happen on that cruise. How weird that, you know, we were just off on this fantastic vacation, which was a fantastic vacation, but not in any of the ways we expected, but just really cool.
1: Exactly. And, you know, again, I think we can offer kudos to Disney and the Mm -hmm. cast of the Disney Cruise Line, who really did so much to rise to the occasion Mm -hmm. to help uh, make sure that everybody had the best time that they could. So, Yeah. And we made some great friends on board the ship, including
0: Soul Duo, the entertainers that we love very much. And we can't wait for them to be able to. Of course, we can't wait for us to be able to get back (laughs) to cruising. But we really can't wait for them because it's part of their livelihood right. if not most of their livelihood to be on board cruise ships and that goes for all the cast members exactly. that can't be aboard right now we're looking forward to Disney Cruise getting back as soon as possible thank you for joining us today in the future you can get us most everywhere you get podcasts Over there, the however the very <laughs> best place to find us is on our own website podcast.com and while you're there please sign up for our marvelous <laughs> newsletter it is Marvel us uh, <laughs> well, give or take uh but it is a fun way just to kind of be more involved with the Hyperion Adventures podcast world now if you received the newsletter this week we put out a topic for this week <laughs> that we were going to do yeah we may have changed up on that a little bit and I'll talk of the reason why that is uh in a little bit here but uh just know that that's it's what happens in the in the newsletter is more for you to know what's going on with us uh, right. as we as we move along another way to find out what we got going on is to follow us on social media we have a lot of fun on social media we're very active out there you can find us on uh, Twitter at Hyperion Podcast Facebook Instagram and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast we do have a YouTube channel hopefully you are catching uh, some of these episodes where we are uh, putting them out on YouTube with ourselves videos of ourselves and photos of that kind of discuss what we were talking about. However, we have a bunch of stuff going on uh, right now, stuff that we can't quite get into at this moment that may take away some of our time to be editing those videos. So we may have a hit and miss on what those videos will be over the next few weeks. There will always be a YouTube video of these episodes going out every week, but some of them may be a little simpler than others.
1: That's a great way to describe it. Good
0: job. (laughs) uh, And this week will be one of those. It's going to be more of a simple video. So just to let you know ahead of time, uh, going into it, if you prefer to watch us on YouTube, uh, if you want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com. com.
1: Right. We love hearing from you all. And as we've said in the past, we love the feedback that you all give. We get a lot of love in emails and we truly appreciate that. Uh, And we do want to make the offer if there's ever a topic or an element you want us to deep dive into or you have questions about some of our our episodes please don't hesitate to reach out to us.
0: Yes, please. Uh, we we appreciate all the input you want to give us uh, for whatever the reason, or if you just want to say hi, uh, that is good enough. We just want to exactly. be able to be in communication with you as much as possible because we love you all. And you do so much to help us with our show. Now for this week's show, we have lots of stuff for you this week, including we checked out Ryan, the last dragon on yes. Disney plus last night, we will be sharing our review of the new Disney animation studios film. If you you have a visit to Olani planned in the near future. We have some good news about a popular piece of entertainment that's returning to the Hawaiian resort. And I think that's Michelle's story, so we <laughs> will get to that as well. She had made a little funny face. Too bad we don't have the video here. Bad like... on that, this one. But the biggest news of the week it was about the possibility of another Disney reopening that happened right here in our backyard, and we will definitely be talking all about that. Now, for today's main topic. If you received the newsletter, you know that we had something in mind for this week. We are going to push that back to next week. That's because some things kind of put together this week. Ryan the Last Dragon came out. We wanted to do a review of that. Uh, there's some other stuff out there in the news. And... We had the finale of WandaVision. Yeah. We definitely wanted to discuss that. So we are going to push, just so you know, we're not skipping over that topic that we put out in the newsletter. We're just pushing it back by one be- week. But let's get to our main topic of this week.
1: WandaVision,
0: So, yes, as you can tell by the very catchy title or a very catchy uh, theme song there that may now be in your head for yes. the rest of the day. Uh, we are going to be doing our Hyperion Adventures WandaVision recap uh, this week, kind of looking back at the series as a whole. Now, there will be spoilers throughout most of this segment for episodes 1, through eight, okay? Because we figure there's enough time between those that we can go ahead and give spoilers out for the that. Uh, when we get to the season, finale which aired on Friday it's pretty close to it so we may just kind of talk about it briefly and then we will get into the spoilers of it but I will give you a distinct warning (laughs) of when that is going to happen so you will know I'm also going to put it in the show notes so if you haven't seen yet if you want to avoid that portion of the show uh, until you get to watch the series finale of WandaVision uh, we will make sure that that is uh, apparent for you yeah good Good job. So let's talk about the episodes that we have so far. I mean, of of the whole entire season. Now here were the episodes and I love the titles of all the one episodes because they so relate to classic TV (laughs) tropes. It's so fantastic. So, uh, going down from one to nine, they were filmed before a live studio audience. Don't touch that dial. (laughs) Now in color, we interrupt this program on a very special episode. (laughs) The all-new Halloween Spooktacular, uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall, previously on, and the series finale. I love that how creative this show
1: was throughout it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one common thread of every episode. And just the idea of the whole series is to make this be, you know, television shows, call it WandaVision. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's just so much about it that you could just reflect on in terms of symbolism and how creative uh, they were to create such a a show that really brought some really interesting things to light. Well, it was was so interesting because in when we were at the d23 expo back in
0: 2019 and we saw some stuff about this they said it was going to be like nothing else you've ever seen from Mm -hmm. marvel and that is definitely true and they showed a lot of clips from the dick van dyke show and a few other uh classic sitcoms and you're like what is going on here is wandavision going to be a sitcom how is this going to play out but it did play out in some parts like a sitcom there were classic tv tropes as i mentioned before all the way through it but there was so much more depth behind it and it was haunting at times it was hilarious at times there was action
1: it was really a fascinating show right like you said haunting a, a, a suspenseful um and i think we had talked about it in a previous episode too a little bit where we said you know it kind of had the eeriness of like some of the TV shows from the 60s, like Night Gallery Mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. So it, it was interesting that you could see something that you would typically in your mind associate with, you know, a comedy, and yet there was suspense feelings throughout the episode
0: yeah and and there's so much especially if you I mean there's a lot of you who may have come in and not been super Marvel fans or maybe Mm -hmm. just watched a little bit a few of the films and not really known the backstory of Vision and Wanda and what led them to this point but you know you're going throughout especially early on in in the episodes trying to figure out why is this happening what's going on what's the backstory behind this and I one of the things I really loved about this show is the fact that they let it all build, you know, slowly right. week by week they let a little bit more information out every way. I mean the first one was pretty generic, it was mostly you know uh, again, it was almost like a classic version of Dick Van, Van right. Dyke, you know, with you know, obviously a little magic there involved with Wanda and Vision, and a couple nuanced ways of showing that there's something odd going on right. there. But every week, it'd be another thing they'd add on that'd be different and make you talk about it. And it was a great way to build the show and build an audience, which it definitely did,
1: right? And especially the fact that it it continued to grow in the genre so you know starting more like in the 60s and then progressing to the 70s and 80s and 90s and i think that gave different people an opportunity to you know kind of sense shows that they may have seen in the past mm-hmm. now let's talk about the cast
0: a little bit now you have elizabeth olson returning of course as wanda and paul Bettany returning uh, reprising his role as vision um I think Elizabeth Olsen deserves all the awards for her acting right. throughout this. You could see the joy of having a family around her yet you could feel the tortured soul within her of what right. was going on um what what she discovered within this community, you know, knowing that there's always this underlying issue of the,
1: that you know, vision is actually dead, you know. Right. And well in the fact that you could really sense from her she she didn't understand it either. She was, you could always tell that even though she may like the lifestyle, it, it, it also had a, a sense of mystery to her too. And you could really pick up on that in the episodes.
0: Right. But she was embracing it because of her grief, which was the, uh, the, the, the theme that carried right, the on throughout yeah. this whole thing was that she was trying to deal with the grief. And now, it seems like obviously it had been five years since uh, vision had died within in uh infinity war and in avengers infinity war mm-hmm. so it should you know five years time within the marvel universe right. but remember that uh, wanda was snapped so it, it was like last week to her you know i mean it's sure. all very raw to her what's going on out there and then you look back at uh some other things that have happened to her throughout her life of course her brother dying uh just a, a, right. a handful of years before that, um, the, the, even before that, the fact that she was, you know, kind of taken into by Hydra and, you know, enhanced with uh, the Mind Stone and, 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 you know, and really kind of tormented in many ways used as a weapon, her honor owned to kind of help them. Right. And, and, and then you look at, you know, she's trying to help the Avengers along and then she, is is helping in a way and inadvertently ends up, you know, killing several people from Wakanda, you know, in a way that
1: she was not expecting, not planning to do. And all all that is weighing very heavily on her. Right. And then how, you know, she got obviously incorporated into the whole Civil War aspect mm-hmm. of it and, you know, Avengers taking different sides mm-hmm. and, you know, so she's... Including the the, the man, right. uh, the symbiotic being, the man right. that she loves Vision, <laughs> right. uh, was on the other side of that battle. Exactly, you know, and so just, a, you know, a constant for her of episodes of things that really... Um, would torture or torment anybody emotionally mm-hmm. and she just keeps getting hit with that as she's trying to stand up or rise up then she gets knocked down yeah. again.
0: I think she was great. I, I, I really hope that she is up for many awards coming up the next awards season right. when that comes around when Emmy season comes around I thought she was spectacular. Whether she wins it I just hope she's at least nominated. She deserves to get the recognition uh, for the job that she did with this. I also think Paul Bettany was excellent again as a right. vision I think Paul Bettany is great in virtually every everything he does. Yes. Uh, But he is excellent as vision. And also, you know, him not knowing what's going on. Why don't I have memories of these things? What is happening around here? Yet he's kind of, you know, he's a computer. His brain is a computer. He's kind of, you know, going through trying to discover what's happening in this world around him. Why it is as it is.
1: Right. Yeah. It, it, It. like I said, I just, I know I'm repeating myself. It's just so intriguing, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what they did with the characters and, you know, their struggle with even within each episode trying to figure out what's going on, how do I fit in? You know, I think he showed more of that. Like, you know, what is the purpose here? What is my purpose? Why? You know, like you said, not just the non memories, but just why am I Mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, and why is everybody acting in weird ways right. around
0: me? What What is going on with everything that's happening uh, in this world that I'm surrounded by? Uh, then you get to the nosy neighbor, Agnes, or right. as we later found out, again, spoiler alert for, but this is not for episode nine, spoiler alert for other episodes. Uh, she is actually Agatha Harkness. Uh, her name is uh, the actor that portrays her is Catherine Hahn, who does another great job mm-hmm. of portraying the nosy neighbor. But you can kind of tell there's something weird going on with her. You know, is she in the know? No. Uh, is she connected with somebody? And as we find out later, no, she is kind of the villain of the story.
1: Right, right. You know, and, you know, is she playing a part in what's happening? Mm-hmm. Is is she causing things or reacting to mm-hmm. things? You just really sometimes can't tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are several characters that were like that mm-hmm. throughout it. And um, it was just, um, you know, constant trying to figure things out. And even though each episode, Gave a little bit more. It really wasn't. I think until like episode eight mm-hmm. that you really got, you know, more of the breadth of how things came about. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you you find out much more about her in the last couple episodes, and finally in the the the. Finale, As we'll we'll talk about later, Uh, much more interesting stuff. As for some of the rest of the cast, uh, Monica Rambeau is played by Tiona Paris. Of course, Monica Rambeau was the child that was in Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. She was uh, Maria Rambeau's uh, child and uh, now all grown up. But uh, she's had, you know, she was uh, snapped away, came back. Um, She's going to have a role to play in a few movies that are coming up. We'll get to some of that here in Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, But I thought she was great as well. Um, The guy I like to call Jimmy Woo superstar because (laughs) I thought he was awesome. I actually wish we had more of him. Randall Park played agent uh, James Woo, Jimmy Woo. Um, I love how much he's grown since Ant-Man and the Wasp, where he was kind of like straight laced, kind of quirky but an FBI agent and you've seen like the five years since the snap happened that there's a lot of things that have happened in his life. He's totally a different person, he's much right. more confident and he's much more kind of the advocate of the superpowered, of the of the Avengers and, and, and those alike like them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in this role, he couldn't be the same character he was in Ant-Man. It wouldn't have played out well, you know, and, and they actually, you know, I, I don't want to say made a fool, made him look like a fool, but they made him do some things that were, you know, you're like, oh, that's just making him look ridiculous. And so you're right in this, they really, I mean, he still had quirkiness, nerdness, and other elements of him that were kind of comical, but at least, like you said, it showed his confidence. It showed that, you know, he would look at a situation a little bit more, um, I don't know, in detail to figure out what some of the people's roles in it rather than just looking at uh, facts. Mm-hmm.
0: I would love to see an
1: exploration of the five
0: years uh, that from, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp until we get to WandaVision, mm-hmm. what uh, Jimmy Woo Superstar uh, <laughs> went through, you know, what the process was for him to get to this point, because I, it, I think there's a there's a huge character growth within him there that I think is fascinating. I'd love to see what it
1: was. Yeah. It almost seems like he could have had a mentor mm-hmm. who could be. Who brought him along and and showed him how to you know, really look at things differently. Right.
0: Um, others, Darcy Lewis is played by Kat Dennings reprising that role from the, uh, the first couple Thor movies as well. I thought she's always hilarious yes. in that role. Um, yet very intelligent, obviously, you know, she's a, she's a doctor and an astrophysicist. She knows what's going on out there. And it, it's, it's, uh, I think she's fascinating while well, bringing the humor, but still, um, Opening up this world
1: that's that's happening around or scientifically. Sure, and it really is again, uh, y- you know, accolades to Marvel that they do bring back p- players from other genres or other elements maybe not genres but other other types of pathways and bring them back and you know spread them out again and it, it just really makes it constantly fresh and interesting it, you have characters that you can identify with because you've seen them you know so it, it's not like WandaVision is just all new other than Wanda and Vision mm-hmm. um, so you have that you can draw to as well
0: yeah it was it, it, the, the casting was perfect mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really well done um, as far as the themes for the show of course classic sitcoms through the decades I love how they progressed 50s 60s 70s right. uh, 80s 90s uh, you know and this the way and then they would break in with what was actually going on around them I you know as far as outside of the hex as they as, right. uh, Darcy Lewis uh, renamed it which Marvel loves their hexes and, right yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a hex in virtually everything that they do it's pretty funny um, but that, that was fascinating. And grief was like you said the overarching right. um, title behind it is grief. Dealing with grief, and um, again, this that, there were times it was this show was hilarious, but there were times when it was really, really heavy.
1: Yeah, and you know you could definitely understand. Again, looking at all the things that she's gone through to realize that yes, it's just continually being beaten down and having love taken away constantly Mm -hmm. all her all her love attachments just keep you know whether you're talking about you know early on where she talked about why she went to hide you know was collected by Hydra with the loss of her parents. That's why I didn't even bring
0: up the loss of her parents as well. Right,
1: you know, and then the loss of her brother and then, you know, with feeling like she lost, you know, some of the faith of the world because of what they feel she has done kind of creating her as the monster or the villain, you know, and having to lose vision in a lot of different ways, whether it's just an emotional loss with the conflict or actual loss from him having to die, and she's she's still a pretty young. I mean, obviously, you know. I mean,
0: as we've gone through the years, Elizabeth Olsen's a little older, but she right. in 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 Marvel years in the years that actually existed, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you know, she was gone for five years. She's still fairly young. Right. She was a pretty young girl when Hydra, you know, took her and changed right. her into what she became. Um, she's still fairly young and still trying to kind of learn the world as it is, as right. we as we know it. So. Uh, Really, you know, and, and and tough to compute all those things. Put that for together with everybody. But of course, you know, the one, one thing that came out of this was the classic line that I think we should all accept because we will all go through. Michelle, you've dealt with grief mm-hmm. significantly through some of your family. I've dealt with grief through some of my family. Um, what is grief if not love persevering? Right. Um, exactly. is, is, is a great mantra to go by when you're grieving. Now, does that make it easier for you? Not necessarily, but it is something to kind of reflect on and look back on as you're as you're going through those steps of grieving.
1: Right. And, you know, it, it, it was really interesting how Marvel, one, they brought that that statement out. But how they defined it with this whole show. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: um, completely. Uh, it was uh, a fascinating study in dealing with grief, right. for sure. There's no question about it. Um, and, you know, the other thing, I mentioned this already before, you know, one thing I loved about this show is it kept the audience guessing all mm-hmm. the time. People were running, coming up with theories all the time as to what this meant, what that meant, what does Pietro. Pietro uh, mean, you know, uh, you know, what is he coming around? Is that believe that there were some people that were uh, disappointed with uh, the situation that he showed up and it wasn't the original right. Pietro and right. whatever. So um, it, it, I just love that they kept you thinking throughout right. the entire right. show.
1: Yes, I, I totally agree with that.
0: Um, you know, the dealing with heartbreak, dealing with closure in all aspects of what went on with this. Again, parts of grief.
1: Right. I mean, and even within the townspeople, mm-hmm. you know, when they would, uh, again, this is spoiler if you haven't seen the first eight episodes, um, but how they would be zapped to reality, mm-hmm. you know, or not under the influence of the hex and how they would share, you know, their, what they were going through and how it was so painful for them of, you know, what they were dealing with. A
0: couple of things I found interesting.
1: This actually came um, part from
0: a, a friend of ours, uh, Rob LeBerry from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, kind of brought this up when I was just uh, chatting with him, texting with him. Is that um, that color is playing a significant role within this? Now, I'm not talking about race or anything right, like that. Right. I'm talking about like if every time you see Wanda, she is wearing scarlet or some sort of red, kind of burgundy color. Right. You look at the entire sword, um, you know. Outfit. They are all blue. They're all wearing blue. Um, and then Agatha is purple, you know, kind of right. a combination of red and blue. Right. You know, it all plays a part throughout it, and it. It was after he mentioned that it was all that more striking when you go back and obviously the black and white episodes you don't see it so much. Right. But when you get into the color ep- colorized episodes, you can really see some of the contrast and the coloring of, of uh, what people are wearing and everything and, right. and, and the uh,
1: and the decor around them. Right. Well, even in the black and white, sometimes. Color will pop out there that mm-hmm. makes it, you know, really draws your attention to it. And, you know, I, I feel like that was very deliberate, mm-hmm. you know. So when you're talking about the drone, you know, it that didn't come in and go black and white, like mm-hmm. everything else was around there. Yeah. So it was
0: interesting. I, yeah. I think there's more to be said about the, and really, and going back and re watching this show, uh, studying the, where the, the colors came into play into this, you know, right. the different shades between the, uh, the scarlet and the blue and the purple and everything, but uh, I, I found it fascinating once I uh, once I heard that once Rob brought that up to right. kind of go back and see that. Definitely, uh, one thing that's going to be a tie into um, some another series that we love, and I actually referenced it earlier in a few episodes ago when we were discussing. Um, wandavision and how Mm -hmm. it kind of maybe it's like well obviously it's like many shows you've watched before but i found some underlying tones to it of another series that we love very much which is buffy the vampire slayer i think there's a lot of kind of interesting nuance to it that kind of reminds me of that series one there's a person who played a part within that series right in and Emma Caulfield, who played Anya within that place, Dottie, right. uh, within WandaVision. Division. I'm like, oh, she looks familiar. Who is that? And I realized right. that is Anya. So that was right there. Also, Christoph Beck, who does the score uh, for that, also did the score for a lot of Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. Uh, he even said he wanted Wanda Envisions' love theme to convey the same feeling that a lot of the music he wrote for Buffy the Vampire Slayer had, love with undertones of tragedy and sadness. So if you have, maybe that is why right. it kind of felt that way. Because sure. the score, I mean, so many times what you're seeing is so, the emotion you're feeling, uh, the score leads so much to that. I think that maybe that played a huge part. Right.
1: Well, I, I think we're seeing more and more, at least, or maybe We're just talking about it more, being aware of it more, but how whether you're talking Marvel or Star Wars or, or, you know, even some of the, you know, like Pixar and everything, how the music accompaniment is actually becoming like an additional character or component Mm -hmm. of it. It's not just kind of backfill. It you know and and I know that they've always had music and and helped set the tone but it, it almost seems so much more r- relevant of how it is telling the story mm-hmm. and not just being a part of kind of you know softening it or completing the the, the, the whole picture it's part of their storytelling. It's definitely a huge part of this and it does
0: lead to the emotion that you're feeling throughout it. It does help the actors uh, when you see their expressions, right. when the music is a certain way, it makes you, I mean, if you're going to have somebody be traumatized or feeling sad or you don't want some jaunty little <laughs> right. tune, yeah, it does help with all that. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Some of the things that they've done.
1: Right. Or, you know, or even more subtle that, mm-hmm. you know, something can look like everything is okay. Mm-hmm. And yet the music, is is evoking within you a feeling of either uh, suspense or sadness or mm-hmm. some some other emotion compared to what the imagery is on the screen mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the score was great, and it was a huge part of driving this. And again, why well, I felt like I, I kind of had these undertones of Buffy the Vampire Slayer to me, which, by the way, I looked up, and because it, he it was on Fox a lot of times. It was a Fox property for a while. It is technically a Disney property. I don't know if they'll ever do anything with that. Right. But if they ever do, believe me, we are going to be doing an episode <laughs> about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because we loved that series. Now, other parts of music, of course, we know that Robert Lopez, Kristen Anderson Lopez... Mm-hmm. The same people who've done, among many things, the soundtrack to Frozen, right. hashtag real men love Frozen, <laughs> uh, did all the theme songs yes. for this show. And I think that they're all, you heard the one to begin with, which is really catchy. Right. I loved all the theme songs, and I love how they fit their genres of their, where what the sitcom where they're per, uh, playing at that point was. Right.
1: Again, it was with the storytelling, and, and it's from the very opening then you knew what what kind of the genre was going to be and and it all tied together really nicely
0: yeah uh really well, well done loved it all um so good is there anything else you want to say about it in general up till episode nine before we get into our spoiler feel look at kind of episode nine
1: right well uh just a few little things come to mind first of all the very first one which says uh What It was entitled, what, uh, Before a Live Audience? That was actually true. It really was recorded, filmed before a live studio studio audience, Um, you know, and they actually did, uh, you know, communicate with Dick Van Dyke before the movie came out or before the series came out and kind of got his feedback of what made the Dick Van Dyke show so successful. Um, You know, and part of it was the, you know, getting close to topics that everybody can understand and everybody can relate to. And I think that also came through in each episode of WandaVision. There were storylines or, or elements of it that we could all, you know, mm-hmm. relate to of of our own personal experiences. Um, he did share that the Dick Van Dyke show, when it was filmed, uh, was always in front of a live audience and was a, a start to finish no breaks and retakes and things like that. Um, but again, I, I thought it was really interesting that they did, you know, converse with him to get some understanding of what made that successful. And it was interesting that they did play it before a live studio audience. And I, you know, I think throughout the series, there were little things that made us want to go back and rewatch episodes and sometimes not just say, okay, let me rewatch that again or the one we just watched, but it's like, okay, let's go back two or three episodes Mm -hmm. because I think I remember something that was started to be revealed that we now know information Mm -hmm. about. And I think that was really also very, uh, part of the element that really made it interesting and intriguing is it's like, okay, Something that I really didn't pay much attention to, but I kind of, it's in the back of my head now that I saw episode, you know, five, and let's go back to episode three and see why that was starting to be shown to us.
0: Yeah, the writers and directors and the people that produced this show had a lot of fun with Releasing a little bit of information at a time, building on what was right. what, what had taken part in the episodes prior to it, and also teasing things that you think may go in one direction, right. but no, nah, it was not really what you're thinking there. But we like to have you discussing this, you right. know. And right. so I, I think they had a lot of fun when they were writing this, and and you know knowing that they were going in one direction, but kind of you know let's have a little fun with the audience and give them some possibilities of some other things that might be out there. Sure, as well. definitely. So. So, okay. So that's our look back at the first eight episodes and actually the whole season in general, but let's specifically start looking at episode nine, uh, the series finale. That was actually the title (laughs) of it. Uh, And we will, uh, we're going to do this again. This will be spoiler filled. So from here on for the next several minutes, um, and I will write the time in the show notes of how long it's going to be. We, if you have not seen episode nine yet, just know there are going to be spoilers here. So if you have not seen it yet, Uh, Come back and listen to this part of the show once you've watched it. So let's get into that episode now. So um, we get to the finale picks up right from where episode eight left off. And uh, I just want to know in general, what did you think just to start it off? What were your thoughts of the series finale in general? What did you think of it as a finale for WandaVision?
1: Um, I thought it was fabulous. I, you know, it, it had twists that I wasn't expecting. Um, it gave more answers, but it also gave a lot more questions mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of pre-sort of cliffhangers for what's going to come. And and some of that is like, oh, yeah, we know that this is going to, you know, we've heard these people are going to meet up or whatever, but there's still other elements that were real um Starting to open Pandora's box that we don't know mm-hmm. about yet.
0: Yes, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I thought it was a very well done finale for a series that is basically kind of a building block of what's to come within the Marvel Cinematic right. Universe as we you know, head through Phase Four, Phase Five, Phase whatever. How long it's, this grouping is going to be? Um, I thought it was well done in the fact that it, you know, it, it did tie up loose ends of what was going on within Westview, the town that Mm -hmm. they're all in. Um, It did sort of tie up some loose ends between what was happening with Wanda and Vision, of course the story with Agatha, what's happening with her and Wanda. Um, Meanwhile, it's placing pieces in place, placing pieces in place. (laughs) It's putting pieces in place as we head forward. Now we, we now know a few more things, we now, have some people, some characters moving in different directions. Right. Um, I think it's it was a it, as much as a series finale can be. While it's really the kind of the core, the, the start of what is to come. Um, I, I I thought it was really well handled.
1: Yes, and you know, in my brain, my little brain, I actually little really, <laughs> I actually really combine episodes eight and nine, you know, as a whole. They really do play together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because a lot of that reveal really started in episode Mm -hmm. eight. Um, You know, you really got actually a, a, a really substantial amount of information, one about Wanda's backstory. I mean, we knew her parents died. We knew Stark Enterprises had a bomb that went into her house and things like that. But to see it and then to realize, you know, what, really happened and what was she and her brother experiencing and how did they get from their parents dying to mm-hmm. you know working with hydra and having you know special powers and so to me there was why oh, there's a love of sitcoms right and classic exactly sitcoms, yeah. and you know so it was Truly, a big reveal in both of those episodes.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that they could have put those both together into sure. one mega episode, but then you're talking like a movie-length right. episode exactly. because the, the 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 final episode was the longest episode of the whole season. Right. Uh, I think they just wanted to kind of avoid that, plus extend the season out a mm-hmm. little bit longer. Sure. So, um, but they definitely they they should be watched together, in my opinion. I agree with you, Michelle. That's a good point. Um, so obviously we 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 pick right up. You know, Agatha has the the kids, and is telling Wanda, "Look, you are this you have this power. I want right. to take this power from you, right. and you won't have to worry about things anymore. <laughs> you won't need to you, this old power thing that's you know tripping you out. You don't have to deal with that anymore if I just take this power from you." Right, it's
1: kind of like a uh, make a deal with the devil here. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So, um, and we just run through a whole thing of you know battling between them, uh, Wanda finds out with Agatha's help that um, showing that had, she's actually been tormenting the people of Westview. She thinks that, you know, kind of everything, one, we like you said before, and we, we discussed, she doesn't right. know how this power came about, why, you know, it just it just came out of extreme grief. Right. That this whole thing happened. We don't know how, and she doesn't know that basically that everybody in the town is feeling her grief Right. directly. They can't do anything about it, but it's still there. It, they're, they're dealing with her nightmares. They're dealing with her grief individually along with her. And it's really
1: wearing them down. Right. And it's interesting that Monica was actually, you know, had gone back to try to, you know, help Wanda out, give her some of that information. And, you know, for so long, Wanda was just, you know, I'm going to shut this out. I have my perfect world. I don't need any outsider you know, kind of putting any bumps in the road here. This, uh, this is my way of dealing with my grief, you know, and, and I think any of us who have dealt with grief have those times that it's just like, I don't want to know any more reality. Don't shine a mirror in front of me. Mm-hmm. Let me be and let me get past this. And, you know, it, that is part of healthy grieving, but uh, yeah, just as what happened in the series or at the end of the, the series is Wanda does have to face her grief. She can't get past it without facing it. So, you know, yes, you can try to, you know, come in, create an environment that seems a lot more happy, draws in things from your past that are good and memorable, but it's really not a, a way to truly get beyond it yeah
0: at some point you need to take that step past that yeah you have to you will never forget these people that are in your life that are no longer in your life but at some point you need to not make them be all your life revolves around them you need to have it uh, move on and more revolve around yourself or whatever you need going forward at some point those were steps that she had to eventually make but it's it's never easy for anybody. Some can do it a little bit easier than others, um, but it can be really really difficult for most people to go through grief.
1: Right? You know, and in, in, you know, kind of in a philosophical way, I, I actually look at the Marvel company, and what they've had to deal with in grief over the last you know, like year and a half. It, you know, one they lost Stan Lee. Who mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, yeah. a huge part of their organization? Um, yeah, arguably the biggest part, right? Exactly, you know. And then you get the com, you know, the hit with the pandemic, and Comic Con's gone now. And there are movies we want to put out in the theater. We there are no theaters to play mm-hmm. these in. What do we do with with this? And, and we want to do more, but we can't bring actors together, you know. And and obviously every business, every person had issues to deal with. But I just thought, you know. And maybe I'm reading into it, but is this also kind of like a love letter, a love letter even to Stan Lee? Could be. Uh, it could be. It's a good point. Um, yeah. Because uh, yeah, he was the one that had the vision, right? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> he did. So I just I, to me, I found parallels with that. Yeah, I like that. That's a that's a really interesting point. Michelle always has the very <laughs> best points uh, for Sure.
0: Um, you know, I, I'm not going to go through the whole episode uh, round by round, scene by scene, but there are some big moments in there. You know, um, Vision returns? Question mark. <laughs> I mean, the the battle between the created Vision of Wanda and right. the reassembled Vision body that was put together by Sword. You right. know, and 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 then the you know one the the battle between the two, but then the whole metaphysical discussion of the uh, ship of thesis, you know, which was fascinating, you know, and you can go back and watch it, but the discussion of whether, you know, a ship that is, is it still the same ship if all the parts have been replaced, you know, and eventually the, the vision that is the reassembled body realizing, you know, I'm getting past his, Programming right. that they've put in there to just kill Wanda and destroy Vision, right. uh, and Vision, the created Vision, helping him to get his memories back, and then he disappears. Will we be seeing him again? That's right, a good question. I know,
1: really interesting. I, I agree with you that um, the storytelling technique was fabulous mm-hmm. in there, and and how then they could get him to question his programming objective Mm -hmm. that way Um, you know and then the Wanda created vision it being uh, knowing he doesn't have the memories but this other being does have the memory and he's the one that gets to Mm -hmm. release it you know you got to feel like um, you know I don't know similar like to a puppet but it's like okay I don't have what this this being has but I can help this being. And it's just interesting to me, this whole, the whole concept of, first of all, her creating him, you made a good point when we were talking about this while watching it. You know, when people go through grief, it, it could be like, you know, somebody having a conversation in their mind with a loved one that's passed
0: Think of think of up and right. Carl and Ellie. Right, he's still
1: talking to Ellie throughout right. much of that movie. Right, and so I'm just trying to understand with the created vision, he is now having a separate conversation mm-hmm. with a with another being and processing information and doing something about it. it, it I I just find it like adds so much more to what. What did she create? Mm -hmm. You know, because it's one thing that if you create somebody from your own memory, then their responses will be how you think the responses will be, not necessarily how that individual. So it's like, is that Wanda's thought process? Or is that this being that somehow elevated to a different external ability from what the person who created him. It's a really solid question.
0: I mean, um, you know, uh, Wanda did say that you were built out of the piece of the Mind Stone, which Mm -hmm. was, of course, what powered and uh, gave vision life that was still within her heart. Of course, the Mind Stone also uh, created or at least enhanced her powers. She may have had a little bit of power to begin with, but it definitely enhanced her powers if not created it completely. So uh, it's a good question on whether that was Wanda living through vision all along or whether this was something entirely different through the magic or through the mind stone. Um, It's, it's really a good, it's a, that's a great point, Michelle. Thank you. Um, the runes return. Um, you know, the, the fact that yeah, I think it was hilarious. <laughs> the fact that, uh, that Agatha used the runes right. on Wanda and she took that lesson, learned yes. from her and turned it back on her. And that's basically what, uh, finished off Agatha. Right. Um, really well done. Uh, Wanda envisions saying goodbye to one another I at know. the end. Heartbreaking right. wrecked me. It's a mess. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, but the fact that maybe they're not done they are they're done with that version right. of vision, but is it over? Right. I mean, him saying, and here was the actual dialogue from the uh, series. The vision says, I have been a voice with no body, a body, but not human. And now a memory made real. Who knows what I might be next. We've said goodbye before. So it stands to reason. Wanda says, we'll say hello again. And then he says, so long, darling. Right. Um, heartbreaking even to this point when I'm just mentioning it here. Um, but we know that the other version of vision is right. out there with those memories now right. in him. Will we see them together again at some point?
1: Right. I mean, in, can memories alone bring emotion? So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the other components of this other vision that's out there. He does now have memories, but would that... Be enough to really have that same feeling of love and compassion, whether it be for Wanda or for the world or anything like that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see It's going to be interesting. you know, one thing
0: from the comics that was I was reading is that um, at one point uh, there was a uh, sort of reborn version of vision and Mm -hmm. he was uh, had a new name it was called wonder man uh that uh that uh does get together with with wanda again so i Mm -hmm. wonder if that's the way what we've seen from the marvel cinematic universe is they're not afraid to take what they want out of the comics themselves but there are so many different storylines, and that's why there's a multiverse because they're so they can contradict each other sometimes and everything there's so many different things that go on that you kind of got to pick and choose what you want and marvel adapts them as they like I wouldn't shock me if maybe the new version of vision that we see ends up being wonder man right. i don't know if that's true but it wouldn't it's a possibility
1: well you know i mean it's it's great how disney plus is there now and so they can like you said they can take components of the comic books and retell stories differently which is really good because it's not like trying to just say okay we won't do a movie, but let's just take, you know, these nine comic this series and put them on TV. Mm-hmm. It, you know, they really are much more um, creative mm-hmm. and, you know, evolve that a little bit more, which I think is great. You
0: right. Know. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting what Marvel's doing with the, the whole cinematic universe, for sure. So uh, another heartbreaking scene is, um, you know, saying goodbye to the kids, basically, who, you know, it was a big part of why Wanda kept this universe going because she had an entire family there and saying, you know, thank you for choosing me. Right. You know.
1: Right. Here's the one area that I have, I think, the biggest challenge with this series is, you know, one, I understand why that they had to have them become older. I just find that from Wanda for her to feel that motherly instinct with beings that she spent days with mm-hmm. and you know from you know just being infants to young kids and then you know either preteens or early teens or whatever um, i don't know I, that i have more of a struggle of the emotional connection I with get that. them as your children I kind of felt the same way with the kids you know i didn't, I
0: didn't have as much of a tie with vision who we've known for such a long time
1: right right you know but it's just like you know you can meet some wonderful kids you know and like let's say adopt or whatever and will you have that instant love in a matter of even just a few days or weeks however
0: know. apparently she did have a tie into that and I will we'll bring that up here in just a moment because uh, we get to the credit scenes you know mm-hmm. I mean yeah th- those were big things that are setting up what is the future right. of what we're going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe phase four phase five etc of course uh, the first one was the mid credit scene where Monica is brought in by an FBI agent into the theater mm-hmm. who ends up being a scroll. right okay and says you've been called upon you know to we, we, we hear you've been grounded right uh, we want to get you back up there. Right. Uh, you've been, you know, he hears. And when I first heard that, I thought it was the leader of the Skrulls. Uh, right. and I thought maybe that's it. Then I realized, no, if you go back to Spider-Man Far From Home and the credit scene from that, who is up there, is Nick Fury. So I believe, and I may not be, may be wrong on that, but that was a call from
1: Nick Fury to go join the, him on that ship. Okay, so this is Nick Fury after Tony Stark. Right. Yes. Yes, that it's got Far From Home happened Oh, that's after, right, after that. After yep, you're that. right. Yes. Sorry about that. Uh-huh. No you worries. You can edit that up. Not Ooh. at all. No.
0: It's, it's <laughs> okay. Sometimes you have to remember where the timeline is. Especially <laughs> since it's been a while since we've had any Marvel content for a right. while. Uh, finally, we also see Wanda out in kind of some country cabin right. in the mountains. And right. she's out there and you see her and she's going in to make a cup of tea. and But you also see a different part of her uh, where she is the Scarlet Witch, where right. she has become the Scarlet Witch now. Officially, she's taken on that moniker, taken on right. that role. And she is going through uh, that book, um, which is The Dark Hold, uh, Book of the Damned, mm-hmm. and learning. She she left the town saying, I'm going to learn right. this power. and she is learning this power. Very split personality there. Part of her calm, at ease, having enjoying a nice cup of right. tea in the countryside. <laughs> and now they're going crazy with this dark magic. Right. It's really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting parallel. And like you said, it, um, when we were watching it, it, it kind of seems like they're showing us both sides of her mind of what she's dealing with, you know, in terms of her life. And so, um, yeah, it was it was a wow moment for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it leads to a lot of what's to come, and it also leads some questions as to what to come. By the way, the dark hole, the book of the dam. Uh, it's not the first time it's appeared on the television version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was also in Agents of Shield, if you remember mm-hmm. season four, if you watched Agents of Shield, um, when they did the what was it, the framework? Uh, part of that was mm-hmm. built off of the dark hole uh, from that. So. Uh, it, this is a book that's been uh, within the Marvel Comics for a long time, and it's right. also now made a couple of appearances in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, the question with that comes from this uh, from the episode itself, um, from the season itself, and also from what we saw in that closing scene is. Will Wanda, is it what is Wanda to become from this? Is she going to be an ally? Is she going to be someone who needs to be kind of coaxed along by someone? Or is she going to be a Marvel villain coming mm-hmm. forward in whether it be
1: within a film or
0: within an entire group of films?
1: Right. Um, yeah, it is inter- interesting to consider the options that they have with her. And, you know, maybe it's something that will transition. It might be start one way and veer to another. We've seen that Mm -hmm. happen with her as well. You know, I I think the foundation of her and her family is that of good. And I think when she goes back to, you know, what she wants to be, and even with her experience with vision, she is drawn more to be good and use power for good Mm -hmm. Um, but there are circumstances and influences sometimes that makes that not happen.
0: I love Wanda and I hope that she doesn't turn into a villain yet. At the same time, one of the things that we love about some of the better Marvel villains that we've seen recently is you get a little, you understand there's backstory there. Right. You kind of understand why they're doing what they're doing. It's off the charts. Wacko, right. you know, but there is something you see a glimpse of it. You can understand, you can feel a little bit of why they're doing the things that they do. Sure. It's not just, they're not just two dimensional. They, they have, Uh, multiple layers to them. Those are the best villains. And if Wanda was in maybe just a single film or, you know, a group, you could get, and you would feel it, you would feel, you know, actually probably, probably devastated by the fact that she's become a villain.
1: Right. Although we've seen with Disney with other types of things, whether you're talking about some of their fairy tales, Um, or once upon a time, you know, movie, uh, TV series that you have somebody that is a villain. You see their backstory, how they got to it, and you can understand and recognize their struggles that made them that way. But then they can convert them back to good. So I think there's there's this transformational component that Disney uses to keep people to like the characters. Right. So we'll see what comes of that.
0: Part of this one might lead to if she were to become a villain or at least what's leading her to study more is that if you remember that that scene, the credit scene and you see her going through the dark hold mm-hmm. and you hear some screaming voices, those are the voices of her children. Right. That's Tommy and I Billy. Know. Right, yeah. right. I know. Um, so that may be she's trying to bring her children back. I don't know, but they sounded like they're in pain. They're scared. I don't know what's, what's going on right. there. So it'll be interesting to see what's going forward. Now, speaking of going forward, we're back. These are... I mean, I guess maybe there's semi spoilers here, but they're not really spoilers, but, uh, going back to what the future holds, uh, for Marvel going Mm -hmm. forward again, you know, just like her house that we see in Westview that kind of sets her off. That was the first layer of bricks to what's coming in the, the Marvel universe. Um, We know what's coming up immediately next week, which is Assemble, the making of WandaVision. So that's Mm -hmm. fun. We're going to get to see a lot behind that. That will debut on Friday, March 12th. Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, will debut a week after that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into that part of the Marvel Universe, which looks like it's going to be interesting and a lot of fun. Right. Um, Next will be, as far as I know, as far as that I know will be. Well, I don't know, but I assume we'll be involved in this. There are other movies coming out, including Black Widow. Uh, But Spider-Man No Way Home comes out in December. And there's been a lot of discussion, including some casting rumors, uh, that there may be some of the multiverse playing within that. Now, Mm -hmm. does that tie into what's going on with Wanda, what's going on with Doctor Strange, some other things? I don't know, but that's a possibility and something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, we know Monica Rambeau has been cast in the Miss Marvel series that's coming up to Disney Plus in the future. Um, we also know that she's been sent up to the spaceship. Right. We know she's going to probably be in Captain Marvel 2. So it has been announced that Miss Marvel will be in Captain Marvel 2 as well. So those characters wow. are going to be moving forward into that eventually as well. So that's another building block yes. moving forward from this show. And finally, the biggest one that I think came from the show is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, we definitely know that Elizabeth Olsen, Wanda, the Scarlet, Scarlet Witch is going to be in that film. She was filming that mm-hmm. with Benedict Cumberbatch Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange as well. So we're bound to find out more of Wanda's path once we get to that movie, which I believe is coming out. I think it's next spring or it's, again, everything's slated to come out right. with COVID. Who knows? But it's slated to come out. Um, that is the probably the most definite Thing we'll see that comes out of uh,
1: division. Sure. And that may be, like you said, that might be where she it first appears as a villain. Well, not first, because I guess she's already done that. So again... <laughs> In some people's eyes. Right, right. Um, as a villain and see how, you know... Again, she's somebody who also really responds to mentoring. Mm-hmm. And so having the right people or Avengers around her could also help her through certain situations. And
0: by the way, the Sorcerer Supreme, who is Doctor Strange, was mentioned in episode nine of Mm the season that Agatha saying that the Scarlet Witch is even more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. So we'll see where that leads. But I'm excited for what's to come. Loved WandaVision, Mm -hmm. um, and I thought it was a great series. Again, one thing I love about Marvel Cinematic Universe is everything is so different, yet it meshes so well with one another. You know, when you need to bring these characters together, uh, it just works. But you you can go from a movie to a movie to a movie and they feel completely different. And WandaVision, definitely different than anything
1: else. Oh, yeah. And that's what makes me look forward to some of the other series that they're having, that they're really um, looking outside of the normal way of telling Mm -hmm. a story or relaying what's going on. Who would have ever thought you know, to really tell the story of Wanda that they would have used... You know, TV, yeah, type of shows to get that information out there. I mean, it must have been it's an
0: interesting a, pitch meeting when they, uh, said, you know, what we're going to do. This is what we think we should do. You know, and, and it right. came across, and I thought that they, you know, selling that uh, must have been a really interesting. Oh
1: yeah, well, oh, I mean, just like I said, the the whole thing about television, you know, Wanda and Vision. Well, wait, Wanda Vision. Yeah. You know, or so you know, just like Muppet Vision. Right.
0: Uh, We'd love to know what your thoughts, just like hashtag save the Muppets. (laughs) uh, Uh, We'd love to know your thoughts of WandaVision. What did you like about the series? What did you maybe not like as much? Um, What are you looking forward to uh, going
1: forward? Uh, Go ahead and send it
0: to us, and we'll talk about it on an upcoming
1: show. And if there were other interesting points that we we missed.
0: Which I'm sure we missed a lot of them. So uh, please send those to us. So uh, that was our Hyperion Adventures WandaVision
1: recap. WandaVision, 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 WandaVision.
0: So our WandaVision recap was our main topic of this show, but just like the old days of High Current Adventures, we have a second main topic as well, and that was, of course, we sat down, played the, paid the price, <laughs> the extra money for Disney Plus, and uh, watched Raya and the Last Dragon last night. Um, I thought it was wonderful.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a great, great film. Um I did, in watching it, think uh, how lucky people who got to see it in a theater um, were to have that experience because it de- definitely looked like a film that would benefit from having that. Mm. However, it wasn't lost in watching it on our big Screen TV, somewhat big screen TV. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You're you're right though. It, I loved it. It was wonderful, and I would definitely recommend it.
0: Yeah, our our friends uh, Keenan and Rachel from the uh, Part of Our World podcast. Mm-hmm. I know they were lucky enough to go see it in the theater last night. I was quickly uh, texting Keenan about. It. He said it looked spectacular. and sure. said we, I, we were jealous. I would have loved to seen it because we were when we were at the D23 Expo in 2019. Mm-hmm. We got to see some footage of Ryan and the Last Dragon, and the animation you could already tell was going right. to look Excellent, it was going to look um, as phenomenal as you would have expected, and even, even on our smaller screen right. here at home, it came across really well. I just uh, thought it would have looked exquisite on a on a big screen, exactly. So, um, if you don't know, there's the synopsis of and we're not going to give any spoilers for Riot of the Last Dragon, I'm just going to give you the synopsis here. It was uh, long ago in the fantasy world of Kamandra, humans and dragons lived together in harmony, however. Uh, when sinister monsters known as the Drune threaten the land, the dragons sacrifice themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior to track down the last dragon and stop the Drune for good. And that's so it builds into this story. Mm-hmm. Um, Raya, played by Kelly Marine Tran, um, fierce funny, strong. Um, I I loved her and I, I love Kelly Marie Tran.
1: So I thought that was a
0: great role for her.
1: Yeah, she did great with this and um, really brought life to this character for sure. And loved the ability to have, you know, some, some youthfulness to it, some comedy to it, and some seriousness and, and definitely um, heartfelt moments.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Aquafina. As uh Sisa, Ugh, Spectacular. Uh Sisu, excuse me. Sizu. Um, just hilarious. Cracked me up. I always found her funny. I you know, I, ever since Crazy Rich Asians, which was the first time I really right. saw her. Um I I've thought she's just so funny and she continues that in this film. Uh, yet she still also brings some heart into it. It's not just funny, right. right uh, I, I thought that she was a, a terrific casting and a terrific and she played a terrific role
1: definitely. she yeah, she was perfect for for the role of this character. and um like you said, some heartfelt moments. she's very poignant. like she there were times that she really got it mm-hmm. and that you wouldn't think she did, you know, because she you know just like her character kind of comes across a little, you know, uh, maybe not the the most wisest character or whatever, but definitely uh, there were some moments that you know she brought really, like you said, the heart and the true message. Right,
0: yeah, which is a strong message. Mm-hmm. and I'm going to get to that in just a second here. I uh, just want to run through the cast really quickly. Uh, Gemma Chan played Namari, who is a uh, big kind of a princess into another land that's Mm -hmm. within this area. It's called Fang. Uh, Daniel Day Kim played Chief Benja, who is Raya's father. He's maybe another addition to our uh, favorite father, Disney (laughs) Fathers list. We'll have to discuss that when we get to Father's Day again. Uh, Sandra Oh plays uh, Verana, who is uh, Namari's mother and the leader of Fang. Uh, speaking of Marvel, Benedict Wong plays Tong from *Spine*. Uh, <laughs> Benedict Wong, of course, uh, from the *Doctor Strange* films, and he makes some appearance in uh, *Avengers: Infinity War* and right. *Avengers: Endgame* as well. And finally, Alan Tudyk, who <laughs> is like kind of the utility voice of Disney <laughs> now, uh, plays Tuk Tuk. You know, he, he's played Hey Hey before. He's played the Duke of of Weasleton. <laughs> uh, I, I just love that he makes appearances now in so many Disney films. But I love the cast, top to bottom. I thought they were mm-hmm. very strong portion of the film
1: right and like you said the animation was Mm -hmm. fabulous it really connected their voices with their you know like disney does always they just do a great job of of bringing the emotion and the the Mm -hmm. just the movement to these characters
0: uh as you said uh spectacular animation Uh, Dramatic and interesting storyline that I thought kept you involved the entire time. There didn't seem to be really any lapses in the story. I I didn't find any time where I was drifting away. I was really involved in it from top to bottom. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah,
1: I would definitely agree. And, you know, it it didn't seem like it was all predictable. At times you thought it was going to be predictable and they would put in a nice little, you know, curve to really draw your attention elsewhere. So, yeah, all in all, I thought it was a film that had... Everything that needed to be a brilliant story.
0: Yep, lovable characters, mm-hmm. a really important message that comes along with it, all dealing with trust and sometimes that you need to look inward mm-hmm. um, to help with conflict. I, I think that's a very important thing, especially in our times, whether it be as a entire world or as it is just in your, within your own household. Uh, I think it's a very important right. message for everybody. And uh, one f- other thing I want to bring up, one, I'm just gonna start with we, we loved it. I don't know, what would you say out of five stars, what would you give it?
1: Out of five stars, I would give it probably four and a half, four and three quarters.
0: Four and a half was uh,
1: what I was gonna go with. So yeah.
0: I, I, I loved it. It's gonna be a favorite of ours. I think it's going to be watched many times in this household. Mm-hmm. We both agreed that our son Scott will, will enjoy this right, movie yeah, when he yes. gets to see it. So uh, excited to show it to him. Uh, interesting thing in the credits, uh, near the end, if you go through the credits, uh, there's a little a box thanking everybody who worked on this movie yes. during unprecedented times is what they said that they basically had to do this from 400 different locations right. and computers at home essentially because of the pandemic and they made a joke about how you know the the zoom meetings and you know your audio is not on you're still whatever. on mute yes. dude <laughs> <laughs> It was it was pretty funny. Go find that. Wait, if you didn't see it in the credits, go find it because right. it's a pretty it's funny a cute. Message, so. Yeah,
1: it's a cute little message to anyway, capture what's going on.
0: Yes. We love Ryan the Last Dragon. We will be watching it again uh, very soon and we'd love to know what you think about Riot and the Last Dragon. Please again, uh, send us your thoughts and we will share them on an upcoming episode. We will- so we're running a little bit long so we're going to run through the Disney stories of the week really quickly here and we're going to start with the biggest news of the week here in Southern California California anyway and that was that the California Department of Health they said it was time that well it's coming up on time anyway the California theme parks and sports stadiums Will be allowed to welcome back visitors as early as April first. This is under new guidance from the governor and, of course, the California mm-hmm. Department of the Health. Uh, so that means that uh, parks like Universal Hollywood, Knott's Berry Farm, Legoland, and of course, yes, Woo-hoo! Disneyland
1: has is on the road to yes. reopening. Just so excited about it, you know. And and what's comforting to know is that the Disney company has been prepping for this all along. So it's not like they're just going to start from scratch now. And and, um, they've already, you know, started with some of the components of letting people more and more into the park, but just not having that park experience. Um, You you know, first with opening up California adventure for some of the food and some of the shops and now the taste of Disney Mm -hmm. coming up and, Now
0: opening. Yes, and uh, Disney has not made an official announcement as to when they'll be opening yet. We just know that they will be eligible on April 1st. If the Orange County, the county they are mm-hmm. in, uh, reaches the red tier, which they are on the path to do right now, they're in the purple tier, which is the most restrictive. Uh, they say if they get into the red tier, any of these counties that get who in the red tier uh, will be able to uh, allow in visitors. Now, here's the deal with what's going to happen if that's the case uh, in these counties: uh, capacity will be limited to. 15% if they're in the red tier. So that's even less than what Walt Disney World right. opened at. They opened at 25%. Disneyland, when it opens, if it is in the red tier in that county and these other parks, um, will be at 15%. If they get to the next tier, uh, which is the orange tier, then it will be 25%. If they reach the yellow tier, it'll be 35%. Also, another limitation is that the only people, at least to begin with, that will be allowed to go to these parks will be residents of California. So if you're in Arizona, Nevada, anywhere right. else, in the country and you were hoping to go to Disneyland, not yet. You're right. still going to have to wait a little bit. But there are plenty of people <laughs> within the Southern California yes. and California area in general that they um, they won't be wanting to fill in 15 no. to 25% of the capacity for sure.
1: Right. I mean, even just doing some of the other things that they've done recently, those tickets like with the Taste of Disney have gone very quickly. And so, yeah, this is going to be one of those Kind of like trying to get Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. It's going to um, be tricky to get the tickets. passes, yeah. yes.
0: And we're going to try our hardest. We want to be there within the first couple days if we can right. uh, when it opens up. Bit, it, it may be really difficult, <laughs> so we'll have to see how that goes. But we're excited. We News could come as, and it wouldn't shock me if it's within the next few days that right. Disney uh, announces uh, when Disneyland will have their planned reopening, sure. assuming everything goes as planned. Uh, so that's
1: my Disney Story of the Week. I believe Michelle has a Disney story she wants to share as well. Well, um, another really great opening, reopening, I should say, news stories. Uh, uh, the Alani's luau, it's called kawa'a. I think I said that that's, kind of I think that's very well. Very oh, thank well you.
0: Done, yes. <laughs> um, so, I have to ask my son Nick. My son Nick right. lived in
1: Hawaii for a good portion right. of his life. He could help us out yes, with that exactly. one. Yes, exactly. So um, they're, they're opening back up at the end of this month. And uh, so it's a great, it's an outdoor uh, luau that includes you know, some family activities. They are obviously, they've made uh, accommodations to make this to comply with, you know, all the precautions needed for COVID. So it's more of tables, limited to your party and activities there. It's am sure it'll be a family style it's actually plated. Okay. It's a three okay. course plated. Um so and oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the the show itself also. So um you know really great news that at least something new is coming out. As of today, I looked uh just before uh before we recorded today. Uh they do have Um, both preferred seating and general seating starting in April, still available. So um, that's really exciting. The the other thing I noticed on their website was that Alani website specifically says masking is required even if somebody had a vaccine so i don't know if we're going to start seeing that and i think that's
0: going to be uh, continue for a while
1: right right so um but it, it, it was interesting that they at least um uh, pl- put it right out there right. so really exciting i'm looking forward to maybe disney world doing they had also had right. a luau so hopefully or maybe they're working on getting that ready more towards the grand reopening of the poly in July or the end of July or summer they said summer so
0: who knows yeah we've heard reports that Disney is starting to hire back you know slowly hire back some of the uh, cast members that were part of shows some of the entertainment Mm -hmm. um, and that uh, they're kind of um, rehearsing relearning a lot of stuff learning new uh, procedures, right. considering how the world is now, and that eventually they're going to start filtering that back in slowly, trickling it in uh, slowly. So uh, let's hope that that's true. And that it, and as we all become uh, more vaccinated, as we, th- there are now right. more vaccines available to people, as we get through these tiers and we get more vaccine. hopefully by summer, at least by fall, hopefully we can really start seeing the disney we know not that disney is bad we had a great time at disney a few weeks ago we're gonna have a great time when we go again uh next month um but uh, we all want to see that magic that we know disney for and a lot of that is from these cast members these shows uh, and this entertainment being brought back in so that's uh looking forward and glad that uh we're taking another step even it is at olani right so good stuff That's the Disney Stories of the Week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And we always start with Michelle. One, because she has the very best points about (laughs) WandaVision. She's wonderful. She's beautiful. She's super (laughs) intelligent. She's very hardworking. And she has the very best tips. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip
1: of the week. Well, thank you. I actually have... I have a tip, but I also have what might be a tip. I'm just not sure if it is, but I'll get into that. So my actual tip is, you know, we know in the past year, there's been some really interesting and sometimes tragic um, gender reveal events, (laughs) especially here in Southern California. So I thought I'd present an idea that would be uh, a way to have that our gender reveal in a very unique time, right? Um, And still do it like at the parks. So just so safe, uh, right? And safe. So, um, you know, one idea might be, and you can, you know, obviously work with the photo pass photographer or whatever, maybe stand in front of the, the castle and be wearing mask a color uh, for your gender reveal, or maybe something as easy as T-shirts, whether you get them customized or just have them character based, like Mickey if it's a boy and Minnie if it's a girl, mm-hmm. you know, uh, those are good ideas. Yeah, thanks. So try to just be a little creative. Um, You know, just leave out the flammability. Yeah, no flammable one items. catches fire. <laughs> no one gets shot. Right? You know, <laughs> if that happens, yeah, it's perfect. But you know, I mean, and and again, the, although these have been really trying times. Uh, it would seem to me that having a gender reveal photo at Disney World during these times where we're masked, et cetera, could really be something that down the road would be really interesting and a real true keepsake. Yeah, I like
0: it. Oh, those are great ideas. All those right. are well, very good, Michelle's you. tips, best tips. Now, what's your second my, one? My,
1: sen- my second is a potential tip because it's really just based on my personal experience. I can't say for sure if this is truly an issue, but it had to do with going through the park security queue. And there were two times that we went through that, um, I think you were carrying a backpack. And I carried something in my hands. And mm-hmm. and one of the things that they do tell you is to carry the umbrella outside if mm-hmm. you have a backpack to carry that uh, and have that in front of you. One
0: time it was trash because we couldn't find a trash can right, right outside there. <laughs> so, right, it was
1: like an empty- I need to look at your trash. I know, <laughs> it was like an empty water bottle. It, it was the the plastic wrapping around it because we were walking from the hotel over there and I thought for sure I'd find a trash can en route. Um, and I probably just went past it and didn't see it. Um, And then another time it was something that, it was just a gift that we were giving somebody. And in both times I had those in my hands, security pulled me over to inspect it. And it was funny because the one that was a gift, we put it in our backpack to carry it around and then went through security and they never questioned it. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't the item that caused the, the requirement to get double checked. It was actually, I think having something in my hand. So I can't say that is for sure an issue, But I guess my tip was, if you want to get through security faster, just uh, other than an umbrella, don't have something in your hand.
0: Right. <laughs> at least that was our experience. Right, right. I, mean, right, I, I don't know. What you said, who knows? But yes. that was our experience with it. So, so. it's a good point. Michelle's there. tips. Yeah, <laughs> Thank <best> you. Tips. <laughs> so. uh, my tip this week, uh, I'm going to go to dining at Walt Disney World during the pandemic right mm-hmm. now. And one thing that we enjoyed when we were out there on our trip, we talked about it a little bit on last week's episode, mm-hmm. was Sanaa to mm-hmm. go. So, you know, we wanted to go in and dine at Sana'a. We couldn't get a reservation. Right. But the great thing about it is Disney right now is having these options available for you for some great restaurants that whether you can't get a reservation there or if you just want looking look for something a little bit more upscale to enjoy right. in your room or somewhere else around the resort, uh, you can do it by their to-go service at various restaurants. And it's really easy to do. It's very much like uh, doing the... Um, doing order. the mobile order, thank you, mm-hmm. uh, on your My Disney Experience app. It's the same thing. You go on your My Disney Experience app, you look for these restaurants, you find a, a an arrival window that fits mm-hmm. you when you can possibly get there. Hopefully, uh, for a lot of these places, you'll probably want a car, but there may be some places, if you're right. staying nearby, you can walk to, or if you're in that resort, as, if you're mm-hmm. actually staying in that resort, you can use. And then you build your menu, just like as if you're doing a mobile order, pay for it. Um, let them know when you arrive there. If mm-hmm. you're driving in, we went through the Animal Kingdom Lodge gate. Which right. The security asked about it. We said, we're doing this. And they're like, you're, tell them you're here right now. So when you get right. there, the food will be ready pretty close to when you're there. It took about five minutes more than after we arrived. Yep. Um, and it was ready. And then you pick up your food and you go wherever you want and you enjoy it. So here are some of the great restaurants that you can do that right now if you're planning a tip to the Walt Disney World Resort and you want to do take advantage of this service they have going on. Of course, as I mentioned, Sanat, Disney's Animal Kingdom Resort, that's at the Kidani uh, part of the, of the resort. Uh, the Wave at Disney's Contemporary Resort mm-hmm. is doing it. Uh, Three Bridges Bar and Grill at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. Olivia's Cafe at Disney's Old Key West Resort. The Kona Cafe, which we nearly Ordered. We did not order, but we nearly did at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort and Ailing Compass restaurant at Disney's yacht Club Resort all those you can pick through their menu and and have these wonderful items to go nice
1: yes and it was great and simple and it was nice to have you know something a little better uh, quality food or, or higher class food for takeout
0: yeah than just your regular quick service right. stuff you know if you want something a little more interesting so good stuff so uh, that's it for this week next week though well, here's the topic that we skipped over this <laughs> week we just pushed it back one week uh, we we had originally planned to do this topic it was uh the exploration of the original disney couple yep mickey and minnie <laughs> mouse uh, michelle will lead us on a deep dive into those two characters and the ones that built a company complete with her always amazing oh. research she's going to bring to this uh she'll share the history stories fun facts about the mice that started it all yes the <laughs> mice that started it all So looking forward to that next week.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: It's going to be fun. So we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. The very best place to find us is on our own website, Podcast.com. And
1: while you're there... Please sign up for our marvelous
0: newsletter. (laughs) Yes, marvelous (laughs) newsletter. Uh, We have a lot of fun uh, sharing as much as we can uh, about what's going on in our Hyperion Adventures podcast world. And those of you who get the newsletter are the first to know... Even if we may push an episode back, you are the first to know when that that, at least that episode is going to be showing up eventually with us. Uh, Another way to follow along with us is on social media. We're on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We also have a YouTube channel for some of these episodes. Uh, You can find that by just doing a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe, you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to be in touch with us, for any reason, please hit us up at our
1: Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we love hearing from you and and anything that you wanna give us some feedback, we really appreciate that. And we also really appreciate if you tell a friend about our podcast. Tell a friend is the easiest way for people to get to know
0: about our podcast. If you ever want to give us a review, we really appreciate those as well and we will read them on the air. So uh, please do that as well. That helps us uh, to know how, be- how how we're doing how we can do better with our show. And what you're enjoying about our show. And it also helps people find our show. So that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.